again, good morning. So as we look at our scripture today, I'd like to reflect with you a little bit on... I was reading a book recently, some of you might have read it. It's called Death by Meeting. It's by Patrick Lencioni. It's, a, it's just a meeting for basically helping people to experience and understand what is a meeting and what are fruitful meetings. And obviously the title tells it all. Everybody hates meetings, right? Any of you at work that have business meetings, it's like death by meetings, meaning it just, you, you might know going to a meeting. And think about it, a meeting, you're in a meeting right now, you're at church, you're here to meet someone, you're here to meet God. You're here to not just meet God, but you're here to meet each other. And so what makes meetings, in a nutshell, in this book, what makes meetings deadly, or what makes meetings you know, dreadful is we don't engage. We don't engage because perhaps we fear conflict. Perhaps we fear that we're not going to be heard. Or perhaps we think, why should I share anything that's not really going to make any difference anyhow? We kind of check out. We show up, but we check out. So we're not really present. We're not engaged. And this is a, a, a serious thing to look at in your life. Because this happens in marriages. This happens in the priesthood. This happens in families. This happens in the workplace. We check out. We don't engage. Because it is work. It is work to engage human beings. To engage yourself, perhaps. It takes time. It takes energy. It takes patience. It's actually a lot quicker to just bulldoze over, bulldoze over everyone and get what you need to get done. But doing that, obviously, is not going to lead to a very productive or fruitful long-term plan. Because you're going to be the only one up there at the end because everyone else will hate you, right? So you've you got to be thinking about, we as a parish, as a church, are relationship-driven. We are about relationships. Relationships take more time, more energy, more money. Relationships take more work, more resources. But in the end, this is the goal. It's to build healthy, holy family relationships. Between priests, between people, between husbands, between wives, between your children, between aunts, uncles, cousins, teachers, coaches. We need to bring health and holiness into our human relationships. There's a saint, her name is Saint Mary Euphrasia. Saint Mary Euphrasia said, There's no better penance than human relationships. Don't you agree? She goes, I don't need to wear a hair shirt. I don't need to do all kinds of penances because I got plenty of penances. I'm married. Or I got plenty of penances, I have children. Or I got plenty of penances, I have people that I work with every day that call me to the cross every day. So I'd like you to think of these two words, cross and conflict. Cross and conflict. These are two very important words because when we experience conflict, we are simultaneously invited onto the cross to stay in the relationship. This is what Jesus did. Did he pull eject? Did Jesus flee the scene? Did Jesus run from the cross? No. He actually took up the cross and he says to us as a church, take up your cross and follow me. 
Right? Take up your cross, meaning what? Don't be afraid of conflict. Don't be afraid of the cross. Don't be afraid to enter into the friction. I mean, I'm sure you guys have experienced this. I've experienced this. We've all had it, maybe in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace. But you just coexist with people. You don't really engage them anymore. You know, in a marriage, for example, you can throw in the towel and be like, she's always going to get away, or he's always going to get away, so I'm just not going to even try. And as a culture, we can create this, if you will, apathy in our relationships because we stop engaging. We stop engaging. Now, this is not just relatable to human relationships, whether it be professional work relationships or parish relationships or family relationships or perhaps even a relationship with myself. How about this? It starts right here. How many of us take time to engage what's going on in our own hearts, let alone other people? Think about this. What does your kitchen table look like? Has it got a ton of papers on it? Is it powered up with mail, with stuff? I don't know, just kind of throwing stuff out. Or, or what does your desk look like at work? You should see mine. <laughs> or maybe you don't want to see mine. What does your desk look like? What does your room look like? What does your bedroom look like? What does your house look like? My point is, is there can be, not always a direct correlation, but there can be a correlation with how we handle things in our immediate surroundings can often reflect what's going on inside of us. We don't take time to do the paperwork. Why? Because we don't want to. It's not fun. We don't want to engage it. We don't want to engage it. So we disengage it. So my point is this. If we all in this church took our liturgy guys and we put them on the altar, it's not that much weight, it's paper. But let's say every Sunday we took all our liturgy guides, and let's say these literally liturgy guides represent an aspect of our hearts. And we put them on the altar. Let's say this altar represents our heart. Weighs it down. Year after year, week after week, month after month, day after day, we put everything on the altar, which is our heart. In the beginning, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but over time, it, that altar will crush. That, that altar, so that's a, you know, it's a pretty sturdy altar, obviously, it takes a lot of weight. But over the years, we pile up on our hearts a lot of things. And if you're like me, and I'm sure many of you are at work, wherever be at your desk or your home, you just don't want to deal with it right now. You don't want to deal with it. So you put it off to the side. You put it off to the side. And eventually, you put enough stuff off to the side, there's no more room on the desk. And it actually starts to get more and more disturbing. But my point is this, is we don't take time to look into our hearts and deal with the conflict within us, let alone in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our families, etc. It starts right here. We have to go into our own lives and look at our own hearts and what's going on inside of us. Something I'd like to suggest to you, and I've said this to you maybe at other times, but a prayer journal. 
How many of you have a prayer journal? Get a prayer journal. That's a notebook. Play a notebook. Go to the store. Grab a notebook. And make that your prayer journal where you take time to take the mail or whatever you want to say. You take off of your desk, off of your heart. What's going on? And you share it with Jesus. Because see, sometimes we're so busy, right, that we never take time to take care of ourselves. You know, like they say on the airplane, right? Before you go trying to put the mask on other people, put it on yourself too. You need to first make sure you have oxygen to give other people assistance. It's the same way in the spiritual life. We have to take time. Why are you in mass this morning? I'm assuming, I'm assuming not all of you or maybe most of you are here even if you had to come because you were told you had to come. I'm, I'm assuming that there's a part of you, maybe you don't have it really located right now, but the point is, is, deep down, everybody here knows that this life, it passes. That we aren't going to find total happiness here on earth. I'm assuming most of you kind of invested and bought into the idea and reality that there's more to it than just getting up and going to work. There's more to it than what I can see with my human eyes. Your soul is hungry. Your soul is hungry. And for us to engage in healthy conflict and relationships in our marriages, in our workplace, in our homes, in our families, even with God, who had a bad day? Elijah had a really bad day today. Did you hear the first reading? Listen. Elijah was going off into the desert. He was in this tree, room tree. He prayed. Listen. He prayed for death. This is enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my father's meaning. I've had it. I'm done. Please take me out of this world. My boss is driving me nuts. Please take me. Take me out of this world. Or my wife, or my kids, or my family, or my priest, that Father Michael, take me out of this world, please. See, you, you hear it. Elijah had a bad day. Elijah was experiencing conflict in himself. He didn't want. He didn't want it anymore. Look at the cross. Look at the crucifix. How many of us have been there when we're feeling conflict in our marriage, our family, our workplace, in ourselves? How about this? I have an addiction. I have shame. I have guilt. I keep falling into the same sins over and over. And there's a storm inside of me, a conflict inside of me. I don't want to deal with it. And I'd like to suggest and make this proposal to you. God, God is fighting for you. He's fighting for you. He loves you. He's not going to give up on you. How does that make you feel right now? If you really believe what I just told you, one, God is here in this church. Two, God's talking to you right now. Three, He's not just talking to everyone, He's talking to you. And He's saying to you, I love you, I'm fighting for you, and I'm not going to give up on you. Or your marriage, I'm going to fight for you. How does it feel to 
know somebody more powerful than you is fighting for you, not against you. Look at the crucifix again. Jesus came to fight for us. He came to enter into our conflict. He's not running from us. He's running for us. He's running into us. He's inviting us to let Him be the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords of my life personally. He says in the Gospel, I'm the bread of life. He wants to feed your soul, strengthen our souls, nourish our souls. Why? So we can go into the world, into other people's lives. But see guys, here's the challenge, right? When I say to you, words are powerful, number one. Words are powerful. Think about that. Words are powerful. I love you. I'm fighting for you. I'm not going to give up on you. What does that do to you right now? You see it? I, I don't know about you, but I hear those words like, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. I'm a priest. I'm supposed to say that, right? No, I'm not saying it because I'm just a priest. I'm saying it because I believe it and I want you to let it hit you. Will you let the Lord's words hit you and affect you? I love you. I love you. Do you see how we, we have a hard time hearing that, don't we? When I say hearing it, I mean receiving it. Because you know why? Other people told me that. And it, it, it didn't follow through. And that is a conflict. So Jesus is saying, I love you. I'm fighting for you. I'm with you always. And then we have this conflict because inside of us, there's this part of us that doesn't really wonder if that's really true. We have a hard time letting it move us. Move you. Are you moved by God's words? I love you. I'm fighting for you. I'm not going to give up on you. There's a conflict. But why don't we engage those words? Why don't we let Jesus have His way with us? Let's agree with God in church today. Let's agree with God. Okay, God, you love me. Okay, God, you're fighting for me. Okay, God, you're never going to give up on me. If I swallow that and digest it, you can't leave church the same as you came in. If you take it in and digest it, it will produce fruit and life in you. Now, you, once you swallow, once you chew it and digest it, and it becomes a part of you, you have to protect it. You have to protect it because when you go out there, there's going to be a lot of other words and ideas that come your way. You're going to feel conflict again. You're going to feel the cross. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He felt abandoned. That's conflict. He was feeling abandoned because of his experience, obviously, of the people around him on the cross. But he knew his father was with him, so he had to stand on solid ground. Jesus says... Don't build your house on shifty sand, but build your house on a firm foundation. When you're at a meeting, whatever kind of meeting it is, maybe it's a meeting with your husband, a wife, a family member, a friend, a child. When you're in a meeting and conflict occurs, be aware of the cross and stand your ground. You're not alone. God's fighting for this marriage. God's fighting for me. God's fighting for me in my addiction, my challenge, my struggle. God's with me in this work situation. God's with me. See, we got to hear it. we 
you're going to hear it because we're going to hear a lot of other stuff. Calvary was noisy. There's a lot of screaming on Calvary and yelling on Calvary. And Jesus is saying to you, when you find yourself in conflict, you're on the cross with me. Now listen, I'm just going to kind of end with this. Listen. Elijah was in a bad place, okay? Can you relate? Listen. It says an angel touched him. Number one, God intervened in Elijah's bad day. An angel touched him. How many of you call your guardian angels? Start asking your guardian angel to touch you of heaven, okay? Ask, it works. Ask your angel to touch you this week. Number one, okay, listen. The angel ordered him, get up and eat. So Elijah looked at that cake and the jug of water, and he ate and drank, okay? Then the angel came again. This is the line that jumped out at him. The angel said, get up and eat, or the journey's going to be too long for you, Elijah. Come to Mass and receive Eucharist. 75% of Catholics don't go to Mass and receive the Eucharist. And as a priest, I do this all the time, more and more. People feel lost. I feel lost. I don't know what my life's about. We need to come here and let God feed us. The angel's tapping you on the shoulder. Get out of bed. Set your alarm clock. Come to church. Be at Mass as you are right now. Praise the Lord. And let God feed you because the journey will be long in your marriage. It will be long in your work situation. It will be long. The journey's not easy. Now listen, I love this line. It says, he got up. He got up. That's a victory. You got up this morning to come to church. That's a victory. You got up at work when you felt pushed down and accused or attacked. You got up in your marriage when he wasn't responding or she wasn't responding. You got up. You didn't stop. You stood your ground. Yeah, you felt the cross. You felt the nails. You felt the crown. You felt the whipping, the scourging. You felt the passion in your emotions in your body. But you got up. You stayed in the game. You stayed in the meeting. You stayed in the relationship. You engaged. And when you do that, you will experience life and life to the full. Church is boring because we're not engaged. Because we've become very comfortable disengaged. We've normalized being disengaged. You see this in marriages, right? At some point in marriage, and I think every marriage goes through these ups and downs, right? But the point is this. You see it in the priesthood. When a priest stops being engaged, something's wrong. When a husband or wife are stopped engaging, something's wrong. When my kids aren't engaged, something's wrong. When you're at a meeting at work and everyone's not engaged, something's wrong. Let's call it. Let's call it what it is. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, save me from disengagement. Save me from apathy. Save me, Lord. Help me. See, let the angel call the angels. Touch me, Lord. Wake me up from my slumber. Let me re-engage. Even if it costs me, I'm not going to disengage. I'm going to engage. And I know it's going to be hard. So I want to encourage you to taste, as our song says, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. How do you do that? You have to engage in conflict. Starting with your own heart. I don't want to go to church, Michael. 
Michael, you will go to church because your way is not going to lead to health, happiness, and holiness. So even though you don't feel like going to church, Michael, you're going to get up and go to church. I don't want to go to this or that. Michael, you're going to go to this or that because you need to pray. I don't want to do my holy hour. You need to do holy hour. I don't want to write out my hard thoughts. I don't have time. Michael, shut up. Michael, you're going to write out your hard thoughts. You're going to share your heart right now. You need to share your heart right now, Michael. You need to. You might not want to, but you need to. We need that kind of love in our life, don't we? We need somebody that will call us out and call us back into the conflict. See, it's counterintuitive. If you think conflict is counter is counterproductive, conflict actually can be the most productive thing we do. Because when we enter into it, we are engaged. It's because we care. If you don't care, you're never going to have conflict. Never. Because you'll always just let everyone else do it. And we never retire from relationship. That's a whole other problem. So, God bless you. Pray this week. Pray this week. What is your conflicts in your marriage, family, home, etc.? What are the conflicts inside of you right now? What are you feeling? What's the conflict? How do you deal with it? Bring it to your prayer journal. Stop in the chapel. Get a holy hour. But just take time at home. Whatever you got. Take time. Engage your conflict. Don't be afraid of it. And ask yourself, am I bored? Where are you bored? Pay attention where you're bored. Because when you're bored, it's most likely that you're not engaging. It has nothing to do with what's going on around us most of the time. It's because we're not engaged. Because what? We're afraid of conflict. It's fear. It's fear, guys. I'm not going to sing. The choir sounds awesome, don't they? I'm not going to sing. Because my voice isn't that good. Oh, you're afraid. Don't be afraid. I don't care if you sound like a frog. I want you to sing at this mass. I want you to praise God. I don't want to go to confession. It's a fear of conflict. I'm afraid to speak out my sins. I'm afraid. Let's just call it what it is. Don't be afraid to sing. Don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid. God says to come to me, you have heard of them, I'll give you rest. So let's ask for these graces this week to not be afraid of the conflicts we experience and to enter and engage them with hope because God has a plan for you and you have a purpose and you should be driven by that purpose because God needs you and you are needed by others. Do you know that? God needs you because others need you and you might not even know that people you meet this week need you to speak into their lives messages of hope and healing and restoration. Let's not engage the culture of disengagement. Let's create a culture of engagement in this church. But we're not afraid. Don't be afraid. He's got it. If God's got it, we can just enter into it. And so I just leave you with those final words that were spoken in our first reading. He got up. It's time for you to get up. Get up and get in the game. Get it, get your head back in. 